Hello and welcome back to the Fun Size Podcast. You are listening to the very first episode of 2023, season four. Can't believe I've been doing this this long, but here we are. And we are back picking up right where we left off with the next body part, muscle group. So here we are, me and Jess, having at it. I mean, I love it. It's one of, it's like a stretch. It's a workout. It's everything. Right. And she was like, I skip those every time you program them. (laughs) And I was like, and you're just now telling me this after three months. I was like, she's like, I don't feel them in my chest. And I'm like, you're not gonna feel everything in your chest. You're going to feel those in your shoulders a little bit. And some exercises are just hard to feel. And I feel like even as a trainer and someone who's been training for God, 15 years now, I don't even know. Um, (laughs) to be like, I don't, I'm not feeling this where I'm supposed to be feeling it today. And when that happens, I kind of just, I'm like, all right, I'm not going to do this one today. Cause if I'm not, if my body's not feeling it, like I'm not going to be activating what I'm supposed to be. And I might get injured and like all of that kind of funky stuff. So I'm like, pause, Don't we're going to do something else and see if I could feel it in that exercise versus this one. So, and that gets into all the variables that people should be paying attention to throughout their like day, hydration, stress, sleep, all of that. Yeah, maybe your mind just isn't right. That happens too. Yesterday. Oh my gosh. Yesterday I did a, I don't even remember my workout. And I was thinking about it today, how I was like, I don't remember my workout and I didn't write anything down. I just did a workout. And normally in my head, I do this thing where I'm like, okay, you know, last week you used this dumbbell, you need to do this. So like, I'm usually pretty good at being mindful yesterday. I did bench for the first time in a long time since I've hurt my back. And then last night I went to sleep and I was like, oh my gosh, I don't know if I re-racked my weights. And I was like, like, (laughs) was I even wearing pants? Like my brain like (laughs) left the building and it happened today. Like I was on the treadmill and then all of a sudden I was like, wait a minute, what did I do today? So yeah, sometimes your brain just isn't there and that's when you need to be like, okay, maybe I shouldn't do this exercise or maybe I should, you know, slow down, whatever it is. But yeah, I don't know. And maybe that's because we've been training for so long that we're listening to our bodies that way and kind of trying to be mindful. And when you're new or not a trainer, you just don't Yeah. I think also when you're new and it's like an unfamiliar territory, you kind of like hyper-focused on everything and like you're fully aware, but like when you've been doing this for so long, it kind of becomes second nature and then your mind can drift off and do other things. That's not always a good thing, but it happens to the best of us. I think that made my sleep so bad last night. (laughs) I literally was like, Oh my God, I did not. I was like, did I, was I, I was like, I was on the bench press. I was like, did I re-rack my weights? And I was like, oh my God, I'm terrible. I am that person. I didn't put my weights away. Uh, that's like a common thing in my gym to not re-rack your, your weights. Like I show up to machines and there's like 500 pounds oh on it. And I'm like, did, is anybody using this? No, no one's been using this for the last two hours. Oh, I wonder why. You're like, where right? was the gorilla? Yeah, where was the gorilla that did this? And it's one of my pet peeves when like dumbbells aren't in the right order or like, somebody doesn't re-rack their weights and it doesn't happen a lot. And I was the cause the other day. I was the cause. All right. I felt terrible. Here I am quickly adding Jim etiquette to our <laughs> list of podcast episodes that that one has been, I feel like every time we talk, that one has come around and we're like, we should talk about it. We should talk about it. And we haven't yet. We should, so. we should talk about it. I mean, maybe we just do a mini series like before every episode and be like, this is one thing that is a pet peeve. <laughs> one thing that you should be right. doing in the gym that's just good etiquette good etiquette anyway when was the last time you trained shoulders last week last week was me uh, too I was gonna train them today and then I'm like you know what I'm gonna wait till tomorrow to train them only because I always feel like after every single one of our body part 
episode so far is that like the next time I hit that muscle group, it's just like the best workout ever. So I'm like, I'm going (laughs) to wait till tomorrow after we have this conversation and we're just going to like crush some delts tomorrow. Right. Um, That's my plan, but for a different reason. Um, (laughs) well, my week gets kind of weird when a toddler doesn't want to do what I mean. When a toddler wants to do what they want to do and not what I want to do. Not but, she doesn't want to do delts. What the hell? Yeah, right. She's got like, a teacher. Monday, we were just not leaving the house. She was like, nope, not having it. So I just have to have flexibility within my workout schedule. And what I love to do is I will train legs and train them pretty hard. But the next day is the like is something I want to focus on. Um, because you have natural. HGH spikes. So growth hormone spikes after a leg workout, because you've just destroyed a huge body part and it's trying to repair itself. So it's going to naturally have that spike. And then, so I like to focus on the next day when that spike is happening. So I'll do my back or I'll do my shoulders because that is something that I want to grow. That's so, a pretty good strategy. I've never actually thought about that. Like yeah, I knew so, that, but never. Yeah. Brilliant. It's an old school bodybuilding. Um, one of my bodybuilding friends was the one that was like, he kind of was like, dude, you're doing it wrong. <laughs> He's like, I know you love this, but like you're doing it wrong. I have some old school bodybuilding things that I'll drop in the shoulder because I didn't start growing. I mean, I've, again, I've said this before. I'm naturally a Dorito shape. I'm an upside down Dorito. I've got these like massive shoulders already. I'm just genetically built that way. But you know, when you're bodybuilding, that is one of the key things that you're looking for. You want to have the illusion of a smaller waist. And how do you do that? You grow your shoulders and you grow, grow your quads and your hamstrings. So like a lot of the things that like but a lot of the things that I still use now come from that like mindset of bodybuilding. Yeah. One of the very first things I heard from my very first trainer back in high school was that the secret to nice arms is your shoulders. Yeah. Cause your shoulders rounded out. They pull, like they give that illusion of the bicep kind of like that, uh, that V shape almost. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so there's like, there's that. And that's always stuck with me for so long. And that's why I don't put a huge focus on my biceps and triceps. I don't either as long as my shoulders are looking fire, mm-hmm. then I've got nice arms. So that that's a, a key component in having nice arms. Now that you've put it in those words. Yeah, that's exactly what I do. I don't train a whole lot of bicep triceps. Yeah. I usually just touch on them because you're hitting them when you do back and chest anyway. And- right. You're kind of, they're secondary. So I'm like, uh, you know, I never have, it's not like a dude where dudes I feel have like ultimate bros have arm days and they have them like you want to hear the most ultimate bro thing i dated a guy once who was like so insecure about how massive his triceps were like he'd be like do you think my triceps are too big like literally like in the sense of like being insecure about it and being like my shoulders aren't as big as my triceps, right? Like I should work on those, right? And it's like, dude, nobody's freaking looking at your triceps. Nobody, but yeah, nobody's. I that mean, was the biggest bro thing I've ever heard. I will say, um, and I read this in Green Lights. Like I love Matthew McConaughey to death, and his dad's a like, uh, he was a working man, and Matthew McConaughey goes over this story about he was like flexing in front of the TV um, and he was doing the double bicep curl, you know, and his dad goes, son, you know, your biceps might be your show horse there. He's like, but your workhorse is your triceps. That's a working man's muscle. And if you think about it, it is like a very functional muscle. Mm -hmm. Um, And I really loved that, like that little snippet in the book, like, because I'm so fitness oriented. Yeah. I loved it. And I was like, he ain't wrong. <laughs> I was like, but you won't see me doing a full arm day. You will see me doing a full shoulder day. I love shoulders. Yeah. Like, usually if I have arm days there, like shoulders is included in that. Yeah. Like I usually try to do like chest and arms together. Cause I feel like chest is very 
like I don't do a whole lot for my chest so I can add in arms easily but then even then I'm like I'm wearing everything out so I'm like all right I'm done (laughs) yeah um okay so I think what we should do is talk a little bit about the anatomy of a shoulder of a shoulder of the shoulders I shouldn't say um and help our audience kind of visualize what is going on when we are doing certain exercises and we're not talking shoulder girdle we're going to talk about the aesthetic muscles of the shoulder yeah correct yeah Yeah. so we are talking about your front delt your side delt and your rear delt um, this is what makes up your shoulders. So kind of, they're pretty self-explanatory. You've got the muscle that sits on the front that kind of, you can see from the front, it, it usually gets worked a lot during pressing movements, um, any chest movement mm-hmm. kind of thing. Um, and then you have your side delt or your lateral delt, which is another word for it, which is kind of, it sits on the side. So I'm like trying to figure out how to like best explain these, but it's in the name. It's in the name. Yeah. Like, and if you're looking at the stuff, like a side profile of a person's arm, you're going to see that lateral delt. You're going to see the medial. Right. Like right there in the middle. So yeah, I guess it kind of depends on like where your perspective is. Right. Your rear delt is in the back. um, And (laughs) it's usually the most underdeveloped delt on most people. Um, it's usually the one that's kind of lacking. I mean, I think that rear delt lacks because a lot of people train their traps when they don't need to. Usually if your traps are getting way overdeveloped, I think it's due to an imbalance of like something going on with your shoulders and your back. Um, Mm -hmm. And probably has to do with the fact that you're not using your lateral delt when you're doing lateral raises, which is a very common thing that we see that we are going to definitely get into. But I think <laughs> I just put my, my traps into my ears. Yeah. So. <laughs> she did her little shrug thing. And I think we're supposed to be talking about shoulders, but traps, that's where like a lot of times when you're sitting at a desk, you're sitting in front of a computer, all that stress builds up. And we're literally sitting with our shoulders up. Like a lot of women. Yes. I don't think women realize they're, they're literally wearing their shoulders as earrings throughout the day. Um, or even when we carry our purses, our backpacks, anything like that, like it's always going to make you do that shrug motion. And then the trap is a big muscle. So it wants to take the load. Um, so yeah, I do think that's why shoulders do are underdeveloped in women upper body wise. We're just not built that way. So it does take a little bit of time. Yeah. A little bit of time, a little bit of focus and a little bit of understanding of those muscles (laughs) so that you can target them correctly. Um, so we're going to talk about front delts first. Um, like we said, these are easily the most developed because, we do everything in front of us. So we do a lot of pressing movements. Um, it just, yeah, we do everything in front of us. We type on the keyboard, we just all that stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, and so the thing about the front delts is that the muscle fibers, they run at like a 45 degree angle relative to your torso. And what this means is that to activate them the right way, you kind of want to avoid flaring out your elbows directly to the side, like some trainers. And I, I just feel like with as I take a my certification, like I feel like they're like, oh, put your elbows straight out to the sides. And I'm like, nah. And you learn this later, but it's just, it's just I know. Yeah. I know. It's again learning your body too it's learning how to listen to your body and like learning that like you know after a while like if you're doing that exercise you're gonna realize like you're not hitting what you should be hitting or it doesn't feel right or you've got an injury yeah so for with front delts you want to avoid flaring out your elbows completely to the side and you want to actually bring them slightly forward in what's called the scapular plane which is basically just ever so slightly in front of your body Mm -hmm. So any, any, um, pressing movement, you don't want your elbows, like I said, flared out directly to your sides. You want them slightly in front, um, and then pushing up 
and keeping those elbows slightly in front of you. So there are, I don't know, I, I have about like four exercises that I like the most for front delts, especially. Do you have, yeah, hit me with them. Okay. I've got, um, and these are all, <laughs> they're so similar. It's like insane, but a standing overhead barbell press, okay. a standing overhead dumbbell press. And now the, the reason I have them both on here is because I think we can all agree that we can do a lot more load on the barbell press rather than the dumbbell press, just because after you reach a certain weight on the dumbbell press, you just, you just can't get your dumbbells up there. But when you have the barbell on a rack, like it's much easier to have a starting position. So that's why those are both on there. Um, seated presses. So anything from just a traditional press to an Arnold press. Like I love Arnold presses so Mm -hmm. much. And then the last one I have on is a landmine single arm shoulder press. Nice. Um, I mean, I love all, I mean, I don't think there's a shoulder exercise I don't love. So (laughs) I hate front (laughs) raises. Okay. (laughs) They're Um, not my favorite. I love a good front raise. Um, and again, hitting for me, being able to differentiate between like chest exercises with that front delt, like, cause I, I work my front delts a lot when I have a chest day. So on a shoulder day, I mean, I guess I just mentally don't even think about the front delt. Um, and especially coming from that bodybuilding, you want to create a shoulder cap, which is working those medial. So, you know, in my head, I'm like, do I do these things? Yes. Do I love a good front raise? Yes. I actually love a diagonal front raise. So where you start low and you go across the body to the opposite side, Mm -hmm. but again, you're going to feel that in your chest and you're also going to feel it in your front delt. So, you know, the primary mover mover is going to be that peck, but like, once you learn that you're like, okay, like, this is where I should feel this then you can see, oh, this is hitting my shoulder too. Um, so I do love those. Yeah. I was going to say something else. I think it's important to say that every, like when you're doing any shoulder exercise, you're incorporating other muscles too. Like you're not going to just isolate your front delts. Like, oh, it's all connected. Lateral delts are going to get hit too. That's just, so when you do a front or any of these exercises that we talk about that you're probably going mm-hmm. to be hitting the other ones as well. The thing to keep in mind is that though, like the certain exercises we talk about per category is just going to activate one more than the other, but it's still going to activate both or usually not all three, but usually two, Usually two. Um, but then it's also going to tie into your chest or your back or your traps in some way or another. Oh, and what I was going to say, I love a barbell, but I know sometimes we all have one side that likes to work harder than the other. So I tend to do a lot of barb, uh, not barbell. I tend to do a lot of dumbbell work because I know that like sometimes my left, and it's not even the side that you think is going to be the side. Like sometimes my left is a beast and my right's like, and I'm like, you are, I'm right-handed. Like I'm dominant this way. Why are you not functioning the way that you should? But that's usually, you know, picking apart those weaknesses. So I love dumbbell work, um, especially incorporating in shoulders. There's, I mean, if I'm going to do a heavy mover on that day, it's going to be like a barbell overhead press. And I'll use that as like a heavy lifter, heavy movement. But then like the rest of it will be dumbbell, all dumbbell work, because I know I can isolate. Yeah. And I love the dumbbells also give you that free range of motion and not right. You're not necessarily fixed. restrict you, which is definitely better. The more comfortable and advanced you get in the spectrum of working out. Like I think as beginners doing barbell and machine work is really helpful just to lay that groundwork, Oh yeah. but to like eventually shift into doing and being, being more comfortable doing a lot of dumbbell work for shoulders, I think is ideal. True. Yeah. Um, anything else you want to add to the front delts? I would say the only thing really is that like, because we use them so much in just daily life, I tend to only 
have one exercise per workout or per shoulder workout that's like really focused on fronts. But yeah. sometimes I don't even have any that are focused on front delts because they just they get enough work on their own. They they really do. <laughs> um, I mean, to me though, I do think that the medial delt is gonna be your workhorse that you can mm-hmm. kill in a workout. But then you've got also got to think that sometimes when you do that, it's like you're also working your traps too. So, and that's definitely a huge workhorse. (laughs) Yeah. So let's talk about that one too. So lateral side medial, it's good. It has a lot of different names, but basically it's the middle head of your delt. Um, so these get activated again, like I said, when you're performing your front or your rear delt movements. Um, it's so hard to say. Yeah. I'm like tripping on my words right now. But yeah, so they get activated whether you do front or back, rear, um, no matter what. It's kind of all connected. Um, so uh-huh. it's really good to put a focus on these, of course, like we said, because that's what's going to build that rounded out look. But at the same time, uh-huh. keep in mind that they are being worked on the other ones as well. Uh, yeah, they're being worked a lot. So my favorites are just your straight up dumbbell lateral raise and leaning lateral raises. Those are my top two. And like, here's what I like to do with a lat. Cause like people are like, Oh, it's just a side raise, like whatever. But like, if you can do like a drop set, those help with defining that muscle and the, again, building that shoulder cap, that we like to talk about whenever you can add movement. And this is one of those little bodybuilding old timer gems. Um, I had this old guy who had been, I don't know, probably bodybuilding at birth. I don't know, but he told me, he was like to make your shoulder. He's like to build those shoulder caps. You have to add movement. Like you can't just do a press and think your shoulder cap is going to grow. And he was like, the second you start adding in, um, like, because I'm my second one, this is what it's going to go into is like the around the world. You're adding that, that movement, like range of motion into it. That's not just a strict isolated movement. It's going to help grow the delts. But like the second you can put in a heavy set and then burn it out of the light set. I feel like that just puts that load on that shoulder and you'll get like the best pump. You'll get the best results. So it's really one of those it's a good movement because it's a basic movement, but then you can add to it. Like you can make it as hard as you want to make it. You can make it. It's like, I, I don't know if it was, if it was a kid, it'd be my favorite kid. <laughs> it would definitely be mine too. <laughs> it is. It is. Yeah. There are so many variations for the lateral raise. Like, yeah, you can do anything you with that You can thing. do so much. It might seem like a boring exercise if you're just doing straight lateral raises, but when you add to it and build on it and either like superset or like you said, the around the worlds, or even just, I love a good isometric hold at the top. Like, oh, those are killer. And then one of the things I love doing, which I always feel like an idiot doing. You could sit here exactly, and just that's exactly your arm it. and hold it. And you will get tired. So I love doing that in the gym, doing like a super heavy and then maybe going into a light, but you don't necessarily need it. Um, But then like, as soon as you finish the set and you rack your weights, just put your arms right out to the side and hold them up. Like sometimes I'll even kind of pulse and it looks like I'm flying or trying to fly. And I feel like a freaking idiot doing it, but it burns so good. So, so good. I was going to say, or you don't pulse, you're just shaking yeah. and people think you're yes. pulsing. Yeah. And they're like, is that girl going to like take off or something? Is she? Is she okay? <laughs> um, luckily, I mean, I don't know. I feel like I've never, there's been a very rare amount of times in the gym where I've actually looked at somebody and been like, what are you doing? But like, which is a good thing to say on the podcast, because like, I feel like people go in the gym and they're like, oh my God, people are going to be looking at me. And like, you heard me. I, the other day I didn't re-rack my weights and I wasn't even sure if I was wearing pants. Like (laughs) couldn't have told you anything about anybody that day. So just remember that, especially when you do your lateral raises and then you want to stick your arms out just for isometric hold. Like, oh, 
it is. And people are like, that doesn't work anything. Yes, that does. Oh yeah, it, <laughs> Do does. It. it burns. So while we're on the topic of lateral raise, because I feel like this is the exercise where most people screw up a little bit. They start incorporating their traps mm-hmm. quite a bit. Um, and you get into that kind of shoulder shrugging motion when you shouldn't really be doing that. So a couple of, I don't know, cues, I guess we can give to the listeners about like where things should be. Um, again, with this, you kind of want to be in that scapular plane where your dumbbells are like slightly ever so slightly in front of your body. Like you're not trying to be like in a Y shape, but just not directly out to the side, just kind of bring them in a little bit. Um, I like to think about pushing my traps down rather than shrugging up. Like I literally have to look in the mirror and like, yes, tell myself to keep my, my traps down as much as possible before I even start the movement. And then as you're raising up, like if you find that you, your shoulders are shrugging up as you're bringing those dumbbells out to the side, it probably means that you're going too heavy. Like you should probably drop the weight and find a weight that you can do without shrugging your shoulders before increasing the weight. Yeah. I think sometimes people get their elbow position in a little too high, which also engages your traps as you're going. But, um, and I will intentionally, if I'm doing like a drop set, I will intentionally throw a little bit of my back into the movement because I'm doing like six to eight huge, huge lateral raises and that will engage your trap. So if you're just doing lateral raises and you realize that your body is going back and forth, Mm -hmm. like that you're literally like throwing your back into it, then you should know like, Oh, like lighten the load a little bit. Like I'm not trying to be the Hulk. Um, I'm with you though. Sometimes I have to look in the mirror and then will not let my mind water <laughs> and be like, okay, look, you're, you're hulking out. You need to like reposition. You need to think about what your elbows are doing. Like you need to think, think it through a little bit more. Have you ever heard the cue to engage your lats before starting? Yes. And actually like I'm sitting here trying to think about like, if I actually had weight in my hands, like in I have really big lats though. So, so I will say a lot of people can't engage their lats. Like there's a lot of, I think people don't even know where their lats are. They're like lats. What are those? Exactly. And it's like underneath, it's like the underneath your shoulder girdle. Like it's your wings. It's it's your wings. Yeah. But that's even then people are, I feel like when you think of wings, you think up higher. Yeah. So like, um, as a bodybuilder, when I think of wings, I definitely think of these, like, you know, but it's like, your, it's like an extension of your armpit. Yeah. Like, so if we're talking about a Dorito, <laughs> the round parts are your shoulders. And then that, that straight part before you get to the, the V at the bottom there, that is your last. Oh, again, sometimes <laughs> I like, I'm so glad people don't see this recorded. Cause I'm like literally like spreading my lats as we talk. I'm like, "Eh, yeah, I'm like trying. Um, So I heard that once and I've, it's always kind of in the back of my head when I do a lateral raise and I can never keep my lats engaged. Like I can start with them engaged and bring them out. And then like, as soon as I get past a certain point, I lose it and I can't hold it anymore. And then, right. Yeah. So that one's a hard thing with that though. You're going to end up working more of your lats than you will. I think the focus should be more on, um, pushing your traps down for sure. Like, you know, not that to me is a better cue for my brain because I know that I have a, I have some wings down there and if I'm going to focus on my wings, like that's, yeah. Yeah. I don't need to do the other cue. (laughs) The other cue I really like is when you grip the dumbbell, have your thumb on top. Does it, does that make sense? And like, I'm trying to figure out how to explain this, but like to not. Okay. So, um, like you're going to hit the button of a grenade, not, not don't, don't put your thumb on your 
your fingers. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like your, your pistol finger. Right. Right. (laughs) I don't really know if I'm helping this scenario. Yes. Um, Yeah. And kind of touching that. (laughs) We've thrown Doritos into the mix. We're just like, for those of you who can't see us, we're just holding our hands up and just, you know, this is really awkward. I'm like, now I'm freaking out. I'm like, where do my hands go when I do a lateral raise? Yeah. Okay. So I didn't even finish. I just started. <laughs> so to hold this, but so when you bring your hand up that since your, your thumb is like over the bar that <laughs> you can't even do this right now. Your thumb is higher than your pinky. Okay. It's like ever so slightly higher than your pinky. So instead of just having the dumbbell parallel with the floor, the front part of it is kind of higher than the back okay. part of it. Yeah. Does that mm-hmm. make sense? <laughs> <laughs> Need a little laugh break because we have done so much weird dancing. And then literally while you were talking, my head goes, where were your hands when you were doing stuff? Like, what is your hands even doing at the gym? That's been my last two weeks, I swear. And maybe I, I know. need like, like a break. Because I'm like, what did I do? Where did that go? What? I will say I took a full two weeks off for Christmas. Oh, and like, it probably felt I had good. maybe like one actual workout, but it was just body weight. Um, everything else was just walking and yeah it was amazing like I missed it obviously oh yeah and then like when you do work out your body feels great and sometimes you need that though Uh, that was another thing that like a bodybuilder he was like you know maybe you just need to take a break Mm -hmm. like you need to miss the gym you need to miss the stage you need to miss that stuff to make it work um I mean I took a little bit of Thanksgiving off So I should be okay. It's just like, again, listen to your body, listen to your brain. I think the past two weeks have been the most stressful weeks that I've had. So, um, again, like I'm pretty sure that's how I hold a dumbbell when I'm doing lateral raises. And in my head, I'm going, is it though? Like, where do your hands even go? I like it too, because if your thumb isn't underneath, your thumb's not holding up the dumbbell and you really have to squeeze that bar. Right to hold it up. Um, and when, when you squeeze that bar that helps to activate the muscles too. Like I always heard that with biceps, like when you squeeze the out of that dumbbell, as you're pulling up, you're going to hit that bicep so much more. So it only would make sense to ring true for our shoulders as well. Yeah. Well, and I'm thinking, okay, so, um, you know, like a hook grip that you would do, I hate that with a passion. Mm-hmm. I cannot do a hook grip. Um, I mean, I think I have a pretty good grip without it, but like, it just hurts. So I, in my head, I'm like, yeah, your thumbs are never in the way because you don't ever want to do a hook grip. You don't ever want to get that thumb. Away. Have you checked out the fun size store yet? We've got a little bit of everything from tank tops to jeans, to leggings and matching sports bras, to dresses and even earrings all designed specifically for powerfully petite women just like you. Just head on over to shopfunsize.com to check it all out. And as a special thank you for listening, use coupon code PODCAST for 10% off your first order. Are you tired of scrolling the gram for your next workout? Or maybe you just wish you had an ongoing, easy-to-follow, short-girl-friendly workout program that you can actually rely on. If that's where you're finding yourself today, then you would really enjoy the Fun Size Fitness app. Inside the app, you'll find a new workout program every month where each exercise is accompanied by a video demonstration performed by a petite. You'll also be able to easily log the weights and the reps that you do so that you can keep making progress week to week. And you'll be able to message me directly at any time if you need help. Here's what three different petite ladies have to say about this app. First one is, I love that the app keeps me consistent with a plan versus winging it whenever I go to the gym. The second, it's a game changer to have a new plan in place every month. And last but not least, I love that it allows me to use new equipment and feel more comfortable about doing new exercises. You can learn more about the FunSize Fitness app and how to download it at funsize.life app. And as a New Year's special for new subscribers, you can start for just $5 a month for three months. That's just $15 to get 12 weeks of workouts. 
I don't know where else you're going to find a deal this good. So just head on over to funsize.life slash app to check it all out and use code funfit23 to lock in this limited time deal. So the only other exercise I would say for a lateral or a side delt is a chest supported Y raise. Ooh, I do love, again, I'm going to superset because I just love to get things done in the gym. I like to do a chest supported Mm -hmm. rear delt first, and then I hit that Y and I probably, because you can feel the difference in the muscles that you're working and you're not, you know, you're still chest supported. So like your chest doesn't want to engage so much. Um, but it's just that burn. <laughs> All of a sudden you're like, Ooh, things are on fire. And yeah, I think the best thing about seated and chest supported is that it takes momentum out of the mm-hmm. movement. So if you find that even with like a dumbbell lateral raise that you feel like you're swinging in yep. a sense, try it seated, drop the weight first, try it it's seated so different seated. and you'll notice that it's much different. Cause you can't use yeah, you momentum. Can't. You have to engage that core. I mean, that's like number one where I'm like, okay, we're going to do seated lateral raises. And they're like, why those are so mm-hmm. hard. I'm like, I know. Um, but they do, <laughs> it takes that, like that momentum out of it. Um, have you ever done, I mean, I call them eyes instead of Y's, but they're chest supported and you go straight out and you hit more of the okay. front delt on that. Um, so it's still chest supported. You're going to do an I, Y, yeah. and you can end. It's like a little, it's a little feisty threesome there, but it's mm-hmm. killer. Yeah. Cause that hit, that hits it all, hits all three. three without yeah. leaving the bench but you have to do like seven pounds <laughs> or less even because <laughs> or less yeah because you're just like after a while you're like oh man but it's a good little burnout I like um uh, you know me and my burnouts at the end of anything yeah. I love doing that so I mean especially um, with shoulders too and we'll talk about that in a second but right chasing the pump let's move on to the rear delts mm-hmm. um as you mentioned chest supported rear delt. So there's a lot of different chest supported rear delt, anything you've got swings, you've got skiers, you've got flies, you've got rows, like all of these things can hit the rear delts if done correctly. Um, and usually these are like my -hmm. favorite ones to do for the rear delt aside from you've got the cable rope, face pulls, barbell, rear delts. I forget the, I need to start adding those in. Cause I forget, you know, to me, a face pull works mm-hmm. your traps in your back a little bit. And I forget that they're going to hit those like with your proper elbow position, they're going to hit your rear delts. Um, I do love cables for rear delts. Um, I like just doing a single arm. I was just going to say the one that I recently just fell in love with is a single arm. Like it's oh. like kind of a cross body. Yes. In sense. Well, and you know, the one where you do crossovers and you like kind of pull down for a long time. I don't think I was engaging the right things again. Like you can engage your lats on that one. You can engage your traps. Um, but having played around with like cable positionings, I think that's why I like cable so much is you can like play around with the positioning, hit different angles, which then hit the different heads and the, you know, yeah. yeah. I so, think for a long time, I, love those. I was doing the rope, um, face pulls and probably the crossover is wrong. Just for not, like you said, having the yeah. right elbow placement or even hand placement. Um, and I feel like they are more of an advanced exercise where you really have to know what's happening mm-hmm. and where your muscles and all of your body yeah. parts should be in order for those to work the correct muscle that you're trying to work. Um, so these two, I feel like are really good to watch a ton of YouTube videos on and really get familiar with yeah what it should look like and also what it should feel like. And like you said, play around, like having the cable at a different height will really make all the difference. And like, everyone's different. So what works for one person, like we're talking short girls right now, we don't need like that's such an extreme angle to have right. it all the way up. 
at the top. Um, so you've got to think like it doesn't necessarily have to, you know, play mm-hmm. around with the angles, guys. Um, yeah. So one of the things for the face pulls though um, is keeping your elbows high and wide. And then also Mm -hmm. like, as you're pulling, you almost want to point your thumbs back behind you. That's the cue. I, yeah. It's almost like you're telling someone like there's something back behind me. Like you're pointing that way with your thumbs. And then, uh, do you have any cues you want to give on your, um, crossovers? Cause those still kind of feel funky to me sometimes on crossovers those that's a hard one those feel funky you have to push the shoulders down you have to make sure that you're not wearing wearing your shoulders up and a lot of people will do that because the angle is too extreme um so telling people push those shoulder blades make sure they're down you know even though that you're going to be in that crossover position and you're coming down um again yeah I don't know that one. Sometimes I feel in my lats. Yeah. Sometimes I feel like that one's a hard one. Um, I haven't done that one in a while, actually, probably my gym's not really set up for it. Yeah. I tend to not do those so much either, but I do love like a one arm rear delt cable pull. So like you're standing perpendicular to the cable and you're pulling across your body and you're arm, like your tricep bicep area is at like a 45 degree to your torso. Um, and you're pulling, you're, you're mm-hmm. trying to pull your elbow back as far as possible. Cause that's, what's going to activate the rear delt. Um, so a lot of these kind of cable movements, I feel like are a little bit more advanced and they should be done when you can feel and connect to your rear delt. Um, so I think what we should do is actually backtrack and go down to those chest supported ones. Cause I feel like those are where we can really engage, activate and feel rear delts for the first time. Mm-hmm. So the flies I think are still a hard one for a lot of people. So I want to like even take it back a step and go into swings. Have you ever done those where you're just, you're mm-hmm. yeah, actually, those are actually, um, when somebody has like shoulder mm-hmm. surgery or any type of rehab that they need to do, um, there are like going like where you're chest supported and then you swing a tiny bit front to back and then a tiny bit out to the side and then where you're going basically just to the back into the into your what is that middle round um so yeah when I worked at a big corporate gym and I had a lot of older clients I started them with that and especially if a client came to me and they were like I've just had shoulder surgery and I was like oh okay we're gonna because you do you have to learn how everything feels and you can actually feel everything in, you don't feel like you're working anything out when you're swinging, but you are because you're, you're, you're learning. Your mind's making that connection to the muscle. That makes sense. Yeah, no, totally. The one I'm thinking about specifically is when you go backwards. Mm -hmm. So they're, they're called swings. They're sometimes called skiers. So if you like imagine a I don't even know what, like a backcountry skier, not a cross country yeah. skier or just like a, a Olympic skier where they're like down and they're crouched. And that's kind of like how you are when you're on the chest supported mm-hmm. incline bench. Um, and you're swinging your arms back almost like you had ski poles and they're just going straight back behind you. So kind of like, imagine that, that that's going to help you understand what exercise we're talking about now. But so you're on the bench and you're taking dumbbells like super light. They do not need to be heavy and just swinging your arm back. And now of course, like anything in weightlifting, bodybuilding, strength training, you kind of want to pause at the top so that you could actually feel the movement. Like you're not just sitting there swinging away. Like that's not the point of this. (laughs) Um, The point is to actually feel what you're doing. So you want to kind of like pause at the top. And again, that's why we do light weight. Yeah. So you can do that at the top with a heavy weight. Um, but that's really going to show you kind of where your rear delt is and help you make that mind and muscle connection. Um, I love to superset those with rows and flies for the rear delt. Now you can do a chest supported row 
that focuses more on your back, mm-hmm. or you can do a chest supported row that focuses more on your delts. And the difference is your elbows. I was going to say, it's so all about where your elbows closer, are. Yeah. The closer your elbows are to your body, the more back you're going to be doing. The farther out your elbows are, the more rear delts are yeah. going to be hitting. And when you say like, I want people to know, like when you're talking about, like when you're doing a row, like a chest supported row for your back and your elbows are going straight back, they're uncomfortable but you're going to hit your deeper back muscles that you don't see. So mm-hmm. like your rhomboids, your things like, like it's just different. Um, yeah. And it is, it's all, deeper. it is, it's way deeper. You're not going to like, you're going to feel it, but in different ways. And then it's just like, you bring those arms out just a little bit, those elbows out just a little mm-hmm. bit. And it's just going to like, it's the perfect storm to hit something different. Um, so that is one concept in the, the fitness world when you're working out, how one little thing can like, what is that? Like you step on the butter. Make such a difference. Yeah, like you step on the butterfly and then like, you know, like the butterfly effect. So like it is, it's one little tiny movement can change what you're hitting. You know, that's even like with bicep curls, you know, like the wider you go or the closer in you go. Um, so yeah, so, so I don't know. I used to have clients that were like, why are you on my back about that? And I'm like, listen, that's because you're not hitting what you're supposed to be hitting. And it's such an easy fix, but it's also one of those things you're going to have to think about down the road when you're doing your own yeah. workouts where you're like, Hey, I want to hit my back more than I want to hit my delts or in, in our world. It's how can we hit our shoulders more? Yeah. There's so many little things to tweak and change that could change the movement mm-hmm. that changes what's being activated, all that. And that's changes your aesthetic. Oh too. yeah, for sure. Like it's crazy. Um, you know, it's not just, I don't know, when I think people get into exercise, they're thinking like, oh my gosh, I'm going to just be some bro doing bicep curls. And it's like, no, there's a lot that goes into it. And there is like this, like science, this madness to the method. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, you end up with this like really cool personalized thing that you're in control. Yeah. Um, so you can make your body like to a certain degree, look a certain way, just like we've talked about building our shoulders out you know, you and I have different shoulders. Like we look, I mean, we're same shape, same size, same size. Cause we're short, we're petite, we're built that way. But like my shoulders look different than your shoulders. And it's mm-hmm. all from just different, same exercises, different placements, I guess, like different genetics. Yeah. Well, genetics just, play a huge thing. Know. That's like a whole nother. I saw this girl's why is it on my algorithm saying like, if you do this, it grows your butt. And I'm like, no, it doesn't like, look at your genetics, girl. (laughs) Mm -hmm. You got a dump truck. Not everybody (laughs) has that, (laughs) you know? So that's like me. I'm Captain America. When it comes to upper body, I don't expect other women to be like that, to be that shape. Um, But then people meet my mom and they're like, Oh, we see where you get that, that shape from. We see your Dorito shape. You know? Is your mom just as much as a badass as you are? I'm not a badass at all compared to my mom. My mom is the... <laughs> Does she lift? Dragging queen. She... So my mom's pretty cool. She used to do... Um, not anymore. Like, she's kind of like, I'm old and I run a farm. And like, I don't... Uh, uh, she can do some pretty cool things, though. And like, if I lived closer, I'm sure that I could be like, Mom, come to the gym with me. And she would. And like literally probably in like two weeks she would look like a bodybuilder she's insane so um she did taekwondo with me she's a higher she's a higher ranking belt than I am Mm. like my mom's just badass she is a badass um but again I'm shaped that way so genetics you know I'm not my dad's six foot (laughs) I didn't get I didn't get any of that (laughs) but so yeah genetics play into it but also just as you continue your journey and being mindful and learning how your body works. And like, sometimes things that like you can probably do, I probably can't do due to like injury or due to something else. So like, you gotta, you gotta, I want people to be aware of that. Like, you know, we're giving you ideas. We're giving you examples. 
you gotta you gotta think of those things when we're talking about any exercises we've we've touched base on um and again genetics just like growing your butt like I'm sorry some people just don't have that yeah that gene. <laughs> <laughs> if you could sell that gene we would be rich we would we would you know one last thing I want to touch on with shoulders is that they are such a small muscle compared to everything else in your body. So if you just like take your thumb and your pointer finger right now and kind of like map out where your front, your lateral and your <laughs> rear delt is, and you'll see that like, they're only about like between, I don't know, half an inch to maybe two inches, most maybe two inches, like very wide, um, like they're not very big. And so when we compare those muscles, even all three of them together to something like our quad, like they're like 10% of what our quads are. So you have to take that into consideration when you're choosing a weight for your shoulders you're not going to be able to lift nearly as much weight with your shoulders as you are with your legs because they are such a smaller muscle group compared to the other muscles that we have. So it's okay to do less than 10 pounds on lateral raises. As we were saying earlier, like do less than seven on those chest supported flies. But I would even like, there are some days that I pick up the freaking two and a halfs on those. Cause I'm like, either my traps are firing too hard or they just feel too heavy that I have to back down and go to a really stupid lightweight. And that's okay. Especially for petite women. Like it's just, that is the way it's going to be. And so that is why I have the fun size female strength chart resource. So that if you're curious of like how much weight should I be lifting for exercise? Cause Sometimes we just don't know. And we're in the gym and we're looking at like these six foot dudes that are lifting crazy amounts. Like that doesn't help us figure out what weight we should be using. So I have that chart. If you're curious about a specific exercise, I have dumbbell lateral raises on there. So find yourself in that chart, look to see what the weight is that you should be lifting for that and have at it. Right. Well, and another thing is like, I'm glad you brought that up because like, I didn't even think about it. Yeah. You're not going to be pushing like naturally the way women are built. We could do a ton with our legs. Like we're just lower body gifted Mm -hmm. and we forget that. And then it kind of like gets the cycle going in our head where we're like, oh my gosh, we should be doing more. And then you can possibly injure yourself. So save yourself the injury, leave your ego at the door. Yeah. Leave your ego at the door because (laughs) trust me, there are going to be people in the gym. I feel like this is not the thing that we normally have to tell women, but right. But like, seriously, sometimes we do. Sometimes you have to just leave that at the door because I know I've done some dumb stuff lifting with people that are bigger than me. Um, I used to have like, like when I was bodybuilding, I was just like, no, I have to train with like big dudes because they're at the intensity that I think I need to be. I'm like, really? Like, like I just did some dumb things and got some dumb injuries. So leave that at the door. Also, if you're doing a set, like, okay, do a warm up set. Does that feel good? How did it feel? Was it really easy? You know, and go from, go from that warm up set. But like, sometimes people are like, that's, I'm only doing three sets and that was one. And then they, you like, don't, you can add, add another, another set. set. It's like, okay. Listen to your body. And it doesn't have to count. Right? Like even as, as a warm up set, you don't have to do the same amount of reps that's yeah, listed just... in your program. So if maybe you have like a set that's 12 reps and you just want to warm up, you can do like five to six reps. And like, I feel like it's experimenting. Like, so feel free to experiment a little bit, find the weight. But like my thing, if you're trying to grow, those last two to three reps, you should be like, wow, that was, that was difficult. I'm questioning it. Like in your head, you're going, wow, can I lift this? Like not to a point where you're like, my arm's going to fall off. Like don't hurt yourself, but, um, definitely push the limits. So it's like, leave the ego at the door, but don't be afraid to push your limits because like, I think as women, like we just weren't taught we weren't taught that we were taught to take up less space to be fragile and like 
that and when really like that's how you should be progressing in the yeah. gym. There's definitely a sweet spot. And like you said, like those last, I don't know, one to three reps of any set should be pretty challenging. Like you should be able to get three quarters of the way in fine with good form and those last few should be the ones that you kind of struggle with and that's how you know you have the right weight yeah Um, the nice thing about shoulders and not necessarily needing a whole lot of weight is that you don't have to try the rack in order to find that sweet spot like it's kind of you you find that sweet spot a lot quicker than maybe some other exercises that you have and yeah so like if you have a workout program where there's three sets or even four sets Those are like, I guess maybe I should say in our app, if you have three sets or four sets, those are working sets. So if you need to take an extra set just to warm up and feel out the weight, do so. And you don't need to count that towards the actual working sets. Like you can, you can absolutely throw in an extra set in there just to warm up. And then you don't even have to track it. Like if you want to add another set in there, you absolutely can. There's a button that at the bottom just says add a set. You can do that, but you don't have to. Yeah. I mean, I like to track my, if I'm using weight, but like today was my first day um, after having my latest back injury, um, being underneath the barbell for a squat. Like I just, how'd it feel? It felt great, but here was the thing. And this is ultra humbling. Like the gym was really packed. It was more packed than normal, which I mean, it's January. I totally get it, but we went at a different time. Like you've just got to be flexible. So in my routine, I was like, okay, there's things that I can't hit to do my warm up that I would like to do. Um, so I'm going to get under the bar and just like warm up through that. I did two warm up sets with just the bar to feel out the range of motion, to feel how it would feel on my back. Like, And it took two sets. Like I was like, okay, I'm going to add a little bit of weight and this might be, and then I was like, this might be a warm up set. I don't know because it felt pretty good. So like I ended up doing like seven sets in that barbell rack. And I know I was driving everybody crazy, but like at that point I was adding, I was just being conservative on the front of, Hey, you've had an injury before you should watch yourself, um, do a full range of motion, like, you know, hit where you need to hit. And again, squats are easier to say this, um, but even like if you're doing a lateral raise, like if you do a half lateral raise, you're still hitting a different part of the muscle. Just like if you were to do a squat and you do a half squat, you're going to hit a different part of your quad or a different part of your hamstring. So like ignore what other people are going to maybe think or maybe look at you um, because that's what I had to do today. I was with the bar and I like my first warm-up set was with just the bar and I was like okay how far can I really go and what feels good mm-hmm. so listen to your body don't feel stupid in the gym doing warm-up sets because I think you'll feel less stupid doing a warm-up set than you will feel when you have a stupid injury because you didn't do a warm-up set right a hundred percent and shoulders are no joke. I can swear you can use, I love shoulders because you don't have to press a hundred pounds to, I mean, yeah, if you can do that way to go, but like <laughs> you can still like achieve a good burn and and feel it with five pounds even. Oh yeah. You know, and pounds. I think the secret there is supersetting and mm-hmm. having variations on those exercises that we talked about because like we said there's so many ways you can drop set and um, pyramid and all of the things you can apply to any exercise to really just kind of like bump it up a notch and yeah you don't need a whole lot of weight but the variables will will do the trick yes a hundred percent so I'm with you on that one. Maybe we have a whole episode on variables along with our etiquette and chest exercises. Oh, we've got back. We should do back next. Yeah. I love, we have back. I love a good back day. Let's oh, do back next. Yeah. We'll do back next. And then we can talk about the, uh, there's so many different variables in a gym setting mm. that yeah. will, even in a home gym setting. Cause I know some people are like, Oh, I can't get to the gym or whatever, but it's like, 
all right, then do tempo work and see how you feel. Um, mm-hmm. It's your own body weight versus time. And it's like, uh, you know, so yeah, we'll definitely get into that. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. As I mentioned, the Fun Size Female Strength Chart is a resource that I created for my petite pals just like you. So if you want to know how much weight you should be doing per exercise relative to your body size, check it out by using the link in the show notes. The link will take you to a short quiz to determine whether you're a beginner, intermediate, or advanced. And after getting your results, you'll be taken to a Google sheet where you can see the chart and what weight you should be lifting relative to your body size and your experience level. It's a really good resource to keep in your back pocket, so feel free to screenshot it or even bookmark it so you can have any updates I make to it. Thanks again for listening, and as always, I'll catch you in the next episode.